0: Calls me laughing, and I'm like, Dude, What's up? He, he says, They gave me a SIM card, they didn't put me in jail, so there's that. I'm like, Welcome to Dubai, that's how it is. From United Arab Emirates, Shahid.
2: literally wearing a t-shirt that says back by popular demand, which is, did you, did you plan that Shaheen?
0: No, I, I'm just a big fan of the peace logo. So
2: mm, I think he planned it. <laughs> uh, Trailblazing blazing uh, Emirati wrestler Shaheen is with us on Cultaholic Island. How you doing Shaheen? Pleasure.
0: pleasure. Absolutely stoked to be back.
2: So we spoke uh, in July uh, and it kind of came about in a rather unorthodox way. It was off the back of the uh, WES event mm-hmm. and all the promotion that that sort of Dubai-based company got. And you were keen to reach out because you wanted to show actually there is more to Dubai than promotions like this. And in yeah. fact, here's some here's some reading material for you. And mm-hmm. we spoke about it for about 25 minutes on the podcast. And I said, it'd be nice to find out more about you when we have more time and well here is here is the more time to do so
0: absolutely happy and um i owe you a huge debt of gratitude for that um, you know high five high five yeah,
2: yeah. You to to Patreon, you'll yeah. see we a high got five.
0: some uh, interesting messages we got some new eyes so thank you just for just to, to be that beacon to reach out to UK and US based wrestlers who actually, you know, got a positive connotation after that uh, podcast.
2: I was going to ask you to start off with sort of what the reaction was following our chat. So it seems like it was positive.
0: Yeah. I've got a a few interesting follows, a few interesting messages of people I look up to who are actually keen on coming to Dubai and help foster the scene
2: and actually getting involved with what you guys are would you know what yeah. we're gonna we're gonna talk about it uh, properly as we go through but part of the show that we do here um is we send you on to this desert island and we ask mm-hmm. you to bring with you three wrestling matches yeah, uh, Three matches that have special significance to you. They don't necessarily have to be Dave Meltzer-inspired five-star classics. They yeah. can be matches that just have a, a special feeling uh, and special sentimentality for you. And throughout our time today, we're going to go through each match one by one and talk about your life and times as we go as well. Uh, what would you like your first match to be, Shaheen?
0: Hmm. Okay, let's start from recent to past. Cool. I, this is a bit difficult, huh? It's it's similar to that question all vegans get. If you were stranded on an island, would you still eat chicken? Would you still eat meat? <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad this is a different kind of island now. So. Thankfully,
2: you, you can eat what you like, but you I have to control what wrestling matches you watch. Okay.
0: Um, First one would have to be NXT TakeOver 25, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. It's... Mainly because I was there in attendance, I felt the electricity. The whole story of the match was insane. Um, yeah.
2: So you were. So you were you in the you were in the crowd for that one? Yeah. Because what it a was, night to be it, there in for...
0: Richburg, It was about a two to three hour train ride from New York all the way.
2: So did you go for that? I mean did you have tickets booked for that sp- knowing that that was going to be the main event was this something that you had planned for a while absolutely
0: absolutely mm,
2: so why this match though because Cole and Gargano have had some bangers but why does this one in particular stand out for you well when you, you were initially
0: there... asked me it was a tie between this and the NXT TakeOver New York one but although Gargano had lost this one for me I genuinely feel like this was more of a spectacle for me. Maybe because it had that emotional sense of being in the crowd, although my favorite had lost, but I got to witness him perform live. And Gargano is someone I resonate with, mainly because of his size and disadvantage he has in the ring. And that's the same style that I have taken on inside the ring. So to to witness that firsthand was... I think it's one of the first matches that sparked something in me.
2: Since we last spoke, uh, obviously you've had more uh, people asking questions and starting some positive discourse about the scene in Dubai. But the wrestling world since we last spoke, Shaheen, has changed completely. Because when we last spoke, Vince McMahon was still in charge of WWE. and Triple H was still on hiatus. Fast forward just a few weeks and Vincent Mann is retired and Triple H is head of creative. Uh, now, you as a, a fan of this particular NXT show, one that Triple H's fingerprints are mm-hmm. all over, what are your thoughts on Triple H taking over WWE? I think
0: it's the start of a fascinating new era. Yeah. Let me just say that uh, when they rebranded the whole new NXT, I wasn't I wasn't really hooked. I was trying to watch and it just didn't feel like the black and gold to me. Um, and I say this because when I first started my wrestling journey, when I first started training and obviously you had to do your homework, you had to tune in to watch some wrestling matches, some five stars, some bangers, you know, just to get a hold of what psychology is. Why do they do this? How do they do that? A character work, everything from A to Z, I absolutely got to enjoy within the the black and gold era from everyone who was involved, men, women, big guys, small guys. I just loved tuning in to watch their matches. The product was top tier for me personally. But then when it started to, let's say, uh, get into Vince McMahon's hand, that's when I slowly started losing interest in NXT. So to answer your question, I do believe that within the next six months to a year we're gonna see some raw smackdown nxt competition with everyone uh doing uh, throwbacks of nxt's black and gold era everyone's gonna want to compete with one another not just brands but including matches segments everything involved just wants you to to tune into all the shows
2: i've got a really good vibe that we're gonna get as you say some of those nxt throwbacks as time goes on with triple h in charge you talk about how nxt of old was stuff that you were watching whilst you were training And um, mm-hmm. what is it that made you decide to pursue this career in wrestling in the first place
0: so let me just say that um initially wwe had come to um a neighboring city close to dubai which was a two-hour drive away my friend, uh, may he rest in peace, he was my, one of my closest, and I'm um, just joking, up talking about this, but one of my closest friends, uh, we went to this show and our reception to it was, I, I, I just wish there's something we can, there's a wrestling show that we can go watch after this or next month or the month after, but we just had to be on standby and wait for the next WWE tour, which is God knows when. So, um, in that, in in the wake of that show that happened in Abu Dhabi, I had run into um, Finn Balor in one of the gyms, which a friend of mine owns. And uh, we uh, let me just say that it was me and my friend who were there trying to organize the guest experience for WWE. So you can say, in a sense, that we were somewhat ushers, welcoming the WWE stars into the gym showing them around, telling them a bit about the culture, the history of the place, and just let them be because it's workout time. But the only person who was genuinely keen on learning about the culture, hey, why do you wear this? Why do you wear that? And what, Why is it that you drink coffee from this cup was Fergo? And I owe him a huge debt of gratitude To from, from that conversation to today the the growth, the amount of immense growth that I see and I look back at that conversation, it is the conversation that made me want to push and go pursue this as a career. Um mainly because when he asked initially, uh, what do you want to do in life? I was still I was still looking for a job. I was a freelance photographer, videographer, and actually this is one of the cameras that I used to shoot with for um some of the places in Dubai. I used to just freelance and do content and whatnot. So he asked me, what do you, what do you really wanna do? And I told him wrestling, but I feel like that ha- that ship has sailed because you guys obviously have done it since you were young. So it's in your genes, it's in your blood. You guys can do this. You've, you've trained enough for this, but I'm, I'm nearing my mid twenties. I don't think I can actually do this. And he gives me a dead stare in the eye and says, I got into WWE when I was 34. Look at me, look at DDP, look at all these guys. I think you, you can do it. If you set your mind to it, you can absolutely do this. Then that was at the back of my head. I didn't, I didn't go to the wrestling school the next day because obviously I had some shoots to finish. And, um, within a month, I actually had an overseas shoot in um, in Paris with uh, one of the companies that I used to freelance with. And ironically, uh, there was a Comic Con ongoing over there. And I saw as soon as I left the, 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 the Paris underground, I saw this huge comic poster of Ric Flair and uh, Lita and all these Wrestling legends, and I look at my my colleague and say, "Dude, can you cover for me today? I really need to go to this. I, I have to go. Just give me one hour. I need to go." And I buy tickets on the spot. I stand in line. Unfortunately, Ric Flair was sick. That this was in two thousand seventeen. I'm sure you're aware of this. He had, I think, he had one of his first scares back then. Yeah, so he I had to skip that, hit happened, that yeah. show. And um, while waiting in line for uh, to to meet Amy. Um, it was it was one of those moments where you suddenly switch off that fan mode and you're like, I just I want to speak to the person. I don't want to speak to the person on TV. I'm sure you've had those kinds of conversations and with with guest wrestlers you've had on the show as a kid, maybe prior to, to having Cultaholic or hosting these podcasts where like you don't and... want to
2: talk to them as like a fan like oh i really like that match that you had at that time that yeah you've heard that you want to get, get under the skin times. a little bit don't you and go like exactly. what is it that's really making you tick here exactly
0: so i introduce myself and i i tell her that i have these dreams of wanting to be a wrestler but i don't know what the next step is we don't have a prominent team back home we don't have a school so You being Amy Dumas, what was that thing that made you want to go to Mexico of all places? So she said a very simple thing. If you just set your mind to it, work for it, it's going to come in steps. And one thing that resonates in my head to this day is she said, pick out all your favorite wrestlers, put them in a blender, And that's the vision of who you want to be and works and work towards it. And uh, I've I've been doing that since then. As soon as I came back from that trip, signed up to a school, traveled to London, as I previously mentioned in the other podcast, went to the States, did this and did that. It all came naturally just because there's there's the subconscious switch that I feel like one conversation with a person can, you know, can help turn that switch on.
2: Who went in your blender?
0: Who went in my blender? Johnny Gargano is one of those people. Um, Becky Lynch, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, and uh, it's tough. But I, I do have a bit a few bits and bobs of so many people. You're always adding new
2: ingredients, aren't you?
0: That's the thing, especially with Instagram. Tell me about it. All these fascinating people showing up on Instagram, doing training sessions and cool spots and new techniques, just adding new spices to the blender.
2: I took a little walk through your Instagram and uh, I came across your wall of inspiration, which is is a, a picture of an incredible collection of lucha libre masks um why it's because it seems like because obviously to to see what you do and obviously to, to to hear like your conversation with amy about wrestling in mexico um lucha wrestling really captivated you didn't it
0: and that takes me on to number two on the list If we're done with number one. Oh,
2: yeah let's go to the second <laughs> match we did not plan that we did not plan okay. that promise you. <laughs> teamwork making the dream work that is yeah what's it what's the second match uh,
0: Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, WCW. Ah, Halloween, half like, uh, 1997. That, that is one of my absolute favorite matches, and I know it bit by bit, by heart.
2: When did you first discover it? Uh, I'd say 2011,
0: 2012. The thing is, let me tell you one thing about this region is we didn't have the network. It was... It was difficult being a WWE fan without the archives. It was daily motion, YouTube, um, I'm not allowed to say this, but piracy, you know, just mm. pirating videos online because I wanna I wanna do this. So let me be. Just just bring in the DVD network if you don't want me to do this. Yeah, I I will pay you for know? the network
2: if you let us yeah. have it. <laughs> Why do you think that was? Why was that? Was there? Was it just a, a distribution I'm issue? Sure, there's a, there's a, there's a
0: few uh, conglomerates that you know they monopolize the industries in this side of the world. So I'm, I'm guessing that they just didn't, didn't manage to get through them. But luckily, in 1718, we finally got the Deodoro Dave network.
2: And that was where you know it was before that, was obviously through other means. Do You'd been yeah. to see Rey Mysterio and, and Eddie Guerrero. So you know that match beat for beat. What's a moment in that match that you w- could watch a 100 times over?
0: Just the gory to the hurricanana. Oh, nice. Yeah, off the top. I'd really love to pay homage to to both of them one day by, by doing that exact same spot. Um, I'm sure of a few of other wrestlers who grew up watching them and idolized them like uh sasha banks and charlotte have done the same throwback in one of their matches and uh osprey probably did it with ricochet so to to see how big of an impact this match has on people would um just warms my heart to be one of those very few
2: so did lucha punch through in in any way outside of you know you know tape trading slash piracy uh in the uae was or was that was was because like, i'm just curious as to how because you, you you're such a, you're so passionate about the lucha libre style i mean i'm intrigued that once you knew what it was and once you clicked into it like how much of it you were able to consume
0: okay so i traced let's say I, I paralleled my journey as to what amy has done with mexico by looking up the closest lucha libre school possible to dubai and it was happened to be in london london school of lucha libre that was in Bethnal Green and um, I'd flown out all the way to London and crashed at my friend's place just to be able to experience the style of Lucha Libre because it's new to me. It's so foreign and I really wanted to, to learn the, the tricks of Lucha. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a Lucha Libre wrestler per se, but I do like some aspects of it. Mm. Um. So in my journey in London, I had trained under Greg Burridge, who happened to train Will Ospreay. He's trained so many of the high flyers in the UK and a lot of big names have graduated from his school. Um, it was mentally and physically challenging to to do the Lucha Libre style because not everyone can base you and not everyone can take a move. And it's completely understandable, but it's one of those things that you have to give a go if, if you're a wrestler. And uh, from there on, I even managed to fly to the States two years ago, to Chicago, and I met um, Mustafa Ali's trainer. I'm, I'm sure you heard about him. Is it a uh, base god, Ringo Loco? Absolutely insane. Within one training session with him, he had me just flipping and twisting and turning and doing all these crazy moves with him.
2: What was he teaching you and how was he teaching you that was different to what you've been taught before?
0: um so you know how wrestling let, let's call it american wrestling it's it's usually in, in in mexico it's the opposite you have to grab the arm by the right or arm drag with the right instead of the left and this puts a lot of people who are who were taught that way in a very confusing situation including myself because i was taught the american way so to do it the lucha way for me was a bit Difficult to get in their shoes. In the Is it
2: akin shoes? to trying to write with the other hand?
0: Yes. Because you're so used to it. And then suddenly it's, it's an alien experience.
2: And, and so with that then, like, how, have you, how did they manage to teach you to essentially write with the other hand? How long did um, that take?
0: Let me just say I told them that I wanted to do it the American way with Lucha style, just just so I don't mix up my opponents. If I ever fight someone overseas and stuff, I don't want to be in that situation. When I plan a match, I have to tell them, hey, by the way, it's with the right. And then you mess up the spot, if you know what I mean. Because
2: if you know you're primarily going to be wrestling a Western style yeah then you you know you might as well just come out and just go look i'm just gonna i'm gonna adapt it for this because this is what i'm gonna be doing exactly like, the most like most likely i'm gonna be doing it this way and it's for the safety more than anything right yeah. as you say you don't want to mess anything up because you mess something up in wrestling it could go awfully wrong uh in amongst mm-hmm. anything else where did it where did we get the name shaheen from i know it comes from the name wandering falcon um, yeah. But was there any other names or sort of persona when we're when we're when we're filling the blender to start with? Is there mm. any other personas names or or such that you that hit that made the cutting room floor that you didn't want to?
0: So, hmm.
2: I or was it always it was a case first... of I'm always go, like this is the name I like this name I'm going to stick nah. with this name.
0: Yeah. Initially, because when that was the first time I had been introduced to. Will Osprey's Clips, and I had to look up what Osprey meant. Osprey is a type of falcon, and I'm like, okay, maybe one day I want to be the Osprey of my region, so how how do I do that? And then trans the, the falcon basically translates to, Shaheen, sorry, basically translates to falcon. And it's the national emblem of the UAE, my country. It's a very small, swifty, courageous falcon that, just claws its opponents it's you know it's prey so i said i'm gonna have to embody that within my character and luckily i did
2: you've you've traveled so far for somebody from the uae like you are sort of regarded as like the the trailblazing (laughs) Emirati wrestler you know training in london and performing in the states um i think we might have touched on this when we spoke Mm -hmm. back in july but um there is a pressure there isn't there to kind of carry the 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 conceptions of your of, of where you come from around the world isn't there um i'd say you know how most
0: um let me just use this as an example um how asian cultures are portrayed in the media where families have to push them to become doctors and lawyers and uh businessman. it's it's the same over here it's because we're a fresh country we just you know it's it's been 50 years we just had the, the 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 golden jubilee last last year and um the the way that families are over here is it's you either have to be an engineer you either have to be a lawyer a doctor this or that so for someone to to take the, the beaten track is somewhat of a courageous step and it comes from within if you're passionate about it just go ahead and do it and that's what i've been witnessing over the past let me just say five to seven years there's been a renaissance of some sorts people just pushing out and wanting to become uh movie makers Maratis marathis wanting to become parkour you know some parkour people the marathis female Emiratis wanting to participate in CrossFit competitions. So everyone has gotten ballsy enough to become an individualist and not to become family-oriented as to what my family wants me to do or what my country wants me to do. So to be very target-oriented and have the passion and and the balls to do it was uh,
2: quite a step for me. What did your family want you to do?
0: Oh, they wanted me to become a diplomat. They wanted me to study. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you kind of are. And um I I cared less about studying the world than I wanted to be part of it.
2: That's a really nice way of putting it. Is that is there still that cuz I know with with some with some parents and I know this is something that that is here in the in the west as well as in the east like there's that belief that when you go into something like wrestling, it's that Mm -hmm. they'll come around, they will quote unquote, grow out of it. And they'll come round. Like, where is your family at with you? Not as a diplomat, but as a, a globe traveling pro wrestler now.
0: Um, Family and friends outside of my wrestling circle still think it's a phase. And as you said, they still believe that I'm going to grow out of it eventually but let me just say you you can't you can't replicate passion your passion leads you into your profession you know once you hold it firmly then the world is yours and when i when i didn't pursue wrestling it was a bit of a sense that i i felt lost in a way that oh okay um i'm going to be a diplomat oh okay maybe i'm just going to be a personal trainer oh i'm just going to do this because i didn't have a set target that I wanted to do but now once I set my mind to it the past 4 years everything that I've been doing just complements it I go to the gym because I want to be a wrestler I'm taking uh, classes public speaking classes to be able to cut promos you know everything complements one another and let me just say with for example the dw 24 episode on Becky Lynch she she gave up wrestling because of an injury scare before she joined WWE. But everything she has done in that break served her purpose in the wrestling world. And she she started teaching English. She started going to the gym. She started doing things that served her purpose. And that's exactly what I'm doing now.
2: This has led to you not only championing the the, the the Emirati wrestling scene outside of Dubai and beyond, but also bringing it home and creating that kind of being part of creating that kind of product that you as a younger man would have loved to have seen. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'd like to talk a bit about WrestleFest DXB and kind of your involvement in, in, in that as a, as a, as a, as a champion there and, and, and how that is, helping to grow the greater scene across the UAE.
0: Okay, so WrestleFest DXB in this in this side of the world in the Middle East, we want to be a beacon to aspiring wrestlers, not just established wrestlers, to be able to have dreams of performing on this side of the world. Because I don't know if I mentioned this before. I was I was just Sitting at home, waiting for the day that a promoter would reach out from the UK or the States, I worked hard on my social media presence, I'm reaching out to people, but, you know, no one wants to, no one wants to fly out an a Marathi kid and pay this much amount for a ticket and accommodation and transport, they might as well book 10 local wrestlers for the same amount. So I had I have been a go getter. I've I've been going to these places. I've been I headed to the UK. I've been to some indie shows over there. I went to the states. I've been to some indie shows over there as well. So I came back with that idea of, if if they can do it, why why can't I do it? And not in a sense of 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 running my own indie show, but hey, this side of the world there's a vacuum. They they, they signed an exclusive deal with Saudi. So there's no there's never gonna be a wrestling scene here till that deal ends. So let's do something about it. And I sat down with my friends and I told them, let's let's start a scene, let's do something. We have to start filming these shows. We have to start garnering all the fans. Because once I post snippets of myself on Reddit, for example, people from Dubai comment and ask, Yo, there's wrestling in Dubai? I'm a wrestling fan. So there is an audience. There are people who grew up watching wrestling and want to attend these shows. And for them to see someone they can identify with is, is something that I've always wanted to do. It's, it's my number one goal. I want someone, I want a kid to, to, to look up to me from this side of the world to say, hey, he, I, 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 I identify with him. I relate to him. He's Arab, he's a Marathi, he's Middle Eastern. uh, I can do this too, you know, in that sense. So with WrestleFest DXB, I'd like to call it a dream factory. Why? Because I got my first booking within a few months of training. It was in Pakistan. It was crazy of me to to fly out of Dubai and go to Pakistan, to go to Karachi of all places, to... To be on my first show, and my parents thought it was dangerous. And what? Why are you doing? It's not safe. And the roads, you know, the roads are unsafe. The people are unsafe. You have to be careful. This and that. And I'm like, no, I I, I want to go. I want to do this. <laughs> and I've taken the risk. I've done uh two nights in Pakistan. Um, I've done my first international show in Pakistan. Came back, and this, this thought process was in my head, like um. I'm not an established wrestler but they reached out to me because I'm from Dubai I'm I'm an aspiring wrestler and they gave me that stage to experience what it's like to be a wrestler so I want to I want to give that back I want to pay it forward to other wrestlers aspiring wrestlers in the UK and in the states to be able to do the same
2: now you have been very active in the UK and we talk a lot about misconceptions and this is the very personal misconception that I'm very keen uh, to, for you to, to speak on because whilst we do talk about you being a part of WrestleFest DXB and all that goes on there, you're not, you're not just a wrestling promoter per se, are you?
0: Um, So it's, it's really difficult to be, to be wearing these two hats, one hat being uh, part of the promoters group and one hat being a wrestler but let me just say that if with with the wrestling scene in Dubai as we had just discussed we had to create our own path over here and to be to do that we had to be promoters I had to be a promoter because otherwise there wouldn't have been the grounds for it so if you can't find a way obviously you, you you have to create one so A few places that I've been to that I have a couple of instances with people pointing and saying, oh, that's the Dubai promoter and whatnot, I, I would just go up to them and say hi and introduce them to myself and say, I'm Shaheen, the wrestler. So to make, to get that point across, I am by no means, I don't have goals of becoming the leading promoter in the Middle East or the... I, I wanna be the best wrestler in the Middle East, if you know what I mean. But it, if, it, if it meant wearing those two hats to make that happen, so, so be it.
2: Puts me in mind a little bit of, um, there's the story of Steve Jobs, who mm-hmm. was always, all he wanted to do was program and develop. Like he didn't want to manage Apple. Like, so the, yeah. f- the first employee that Steve Jobs hired was somebody to be his manager. Because he just wanted to crack on with the job in hand. And, and that it is exactly me what I'm
0: going to do yeah. when I land sponsors. I'm going to have to hire someone to do the job. Because all I want to do is just, with all due respect, just want to eat, sleep, train, wrestle. And that's all I want to do. So if someone can uh, help me out with being a manager at WrestleFest, by, then that's going to be an easy task for them. Then you can just reach out to us and let's let's talk business
2: this is an unofficial job advertisement oh yeah talk
0: to you by linkedin
2: (laughs) (laughs) kai speak to shaheem you might be running a wrestling promotion by the end of the week (laughs) there's never been a
0: faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care
2: So how has the reaction been then? So you, you were, we're a couple of shows under the belt now for WrestleFest DXP. Mm-hmm. Um we, We've got uh, title contention established and divisions. So it's, it's come together as a promotion. And we know I know that Dan Maloney has done some stuff for you from here in the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. A phenomenal performer is Dan Maloney. So I'm glad Incredible. to see him. Incredible. Uh, that's he cr- is a- one of, he's he- one of my heroes. Really? That that's so insane. cool. Yeah. So when you reached out to him, was it um, like, what was that first conversation like? Was it you reached out to him or did he reach out to you?
0: No, I reached out to him because, um, so I reached out to him. He's one of the best people on the on the UK indie scene. And the initial response I got from him was very skeptical because he was, sorry, very skeptical because of the WES thing. He thought we were going to scam him. He thought this and that. But he asked for a deposit, transferred him a deposit. We did this. We did that. And then that garnered the trust. And it's really important to, to have that trust between talent and, and company. So he was a bit scared to to actually fly out to Dubai. And um, he... he he messaged me the day before saying, "Hey man, I I really need. I'm I'm really nervous. I'm I'm not sure if I really want to do this. Or they're gonna catch me in the airport." I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> everything's fine. You haven't done any criminal offense. Why would they catch you?" So the n- next day he arrives to Dubai, calls me laughing, and I'm like, Dude, "What's up?" He, he says, "Uh, they gave me a SIM card. They didn't put me in jail. So there's that." I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Dubai that's how
2: it is <laughs> but this is again that com- that that idea of these misconceptions about Dubai like mm-hmm. Dan Maloney who's coming over to work first of all skeptical because of seeing promotions that are a bit um to, to use the term fly by night in mm-hmm. the sense that they appear and then the shows don't really happen and it's a bit sketchy so it's not only he's dealing with that but he's of the mindset that he's going to land in Dubai and get arrested like these are these misconceptions (laughs) that that you're working really hard to try and change yeah
0: and um hopefully within the next coming months i'm just doing my absolute best to get in sponsors and this is an open call to any promotions listening to this to any people who are willing to sponsor matches who want to bring in their talent or want to want to do it their own on their own um, you're more than welcome to reach out to wrestlefest dxb on instagram or reach out to me on instagram and uh, let's let's make it happen. Let's, let's fight those misconceptions and let's show to the world that we're here to stay.
2: We're going to talk about your show coming up next month in just a moment. But let's get to your third and final match before we do, Shaheen. So we had Gargano and Cole from NXT TakeOver. We had Mysterio versus Guerrero from Halloween Havoc. What would you like your last match to be, sir?
0: So let me just say this. Um, this holds a a dear, a very special spot in my heart because I watched this match with with my mother. And um, growing up with a single mom, she felt, let me just say, ah, inspired. Uh, This was on my TV screen in 2004. And for her to witness me, sorry, for me and her to be watching wrestling that night of all nights was the Lita versus Trish match. And 2004, December 2004. And that happened to be two days before my birthday. And um, I remember her tearing up after watching it. She's not a wrestling fan. She, she teared up watching that. And then she had looked at me and said, oh, the show's over. Where's the men's matches? I'm like, mom, this is the main event. She's like, what? what is it? It, we didn't feel like it was a big deal back then. They didn't make you know a campaign or like it didn't make such a big deal out of it but for someone like my mom a female from the middle east to feel inspired by that and then rub it off me as well to grow up and say hey if if women in the states were able to do this then I, i i can do this too you know
2: i love how that inspired like how that lit a fire in in your mom and I know that as as we mentioned earlier like there was despite watching this and seeing like the, like wow women can main event these wrestling shows yeah there was still a passion yep. for, you've got you still you've still got to go be a diplomat though you've still got to go be <laughs> a diplomat
1: don't get any ideas
0: <laughs> and then for that to happen um there, there was the first women's match in Saudi the sorry the first um, was it the Becky and Lita match a few months back in Saudi for them to be able to to be part of such a monumental moment, I had to it was just an hour flight away, so i had to I had to go witness that firsthand because hey, I grew up watching this woman. she struck a chord in me. she had a a life changing conversation with me, so the least I could do is go and watch her perform live in this monumental you know match that that sent ripples across the middle east and um it was, it was quite the experience. It was match of the night for me. Uh, the fans were rowdy. The, the people were crazy. And that the standing ovation that Lita got at the end was, you know, the proper send-off that she deserved.
2: Do you see WrestleFest DXP pushing down barriers in the same way that that Raw main event did in 2004? Yes.
0: Let me just say, uh, within the next three months... Not just one, not just two, but countless barriers are going to be broken, and that's going to be with the help of a lot of performers that are based in the UK. Amazing!
2: That's that's exci- That's the stuff that's exciting to hear. That's really yeah. yeah. And when it comes to Wrestlefest DXP, I know that coming up next month we have uh, a throwback show. I love this. Yeah. So you're going '90s. Yeah, I mean, so what's the inspiration behind that?
0: Um, I don't know if you've seen the Riot Cabaret shows in the uk uh
2: i i i think i've seen a poster for them that's about as good as i've got i'm afraid okay
0: so it's really rallies up the crowd you know it's more of an entertainment spectacle more than just wrestling um the way things are in dubai there's always there always has to be a hybrid event of some sort just to attract you know the non-casual wrestling fans to come to these shows Initially, the first Wrestle Fest we had a, a, a band like um, an open mic sort of thing where bands had to come and uh, local bands, Emirati bands, just to shed a light on them and, um, you know, just bring in the music fans to enjoy both music and wrestling. And the second show was a, we had a stand-up comedy to start up the show. So for this one, I think 90s, 2000s throwback was... Uh, a good choice most of our fans are um 80s 90s fans so for them to be listening to music and throwbacks and see witnessing all the 90s attire kind of thing is it's gonna it's gonna resonate with them
2: and and people are encouraged to dress 90s as well so what sort of 90s fashion statements were being made in dubai uh, uh i don't
0: know if you've ago. seen this in a sense but i've I just came back from the uk and every i felt like i was in a time capsule because everyone <laughs> was dressed <laughs> everyone was dressed 90s style in the uk everyone's so wearing tracksuits
2: think... at the moment everyone's wearing like we've got this sort of weird post pandemic fashion craze where we all go <laughs> out like we've just woke up uh and it's it's all just like jogging gear and tracksuit I mean, tops that, and that's muddies. just American.
0: That's just American fashion.
2: <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know what? There is, there is that. The irony that they're track suits and not many of them have ever seen a track. Uh, but there's there's a lot of that at the moment. And so mm-hmm. we're hoping for some of that, some shell suit action, that sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I like Maybe it. Maybe some
0: uh, shiny some shiny clothes, some track suits, some uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air gear kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. be a spectacle i'm yeah. liking it i'm liking it now i'm gonna send talked... over
0: the videos to you
2: please do the more the more the better the more the merrier uh, if people but this is gonna intrigue some people not just the 90s stuff but more about mm-hmm. the fact that there is this progressive uae wrestling entity that is planning to break barriers and push wrestling in your side of the world into great places and i know you said you're keen to look for sponsors you're looking for more people to to, to be a part of of this revolution so how can Mm -hmm. people reach out to you and be part of WrestleFest DXB
0: so Shaheen of the Sky on Instagram or WrestleFest DXB on Instagram it's the main platform I use to communicate with people with wrestlers with anyone basically so just drop a message I'll be happy to chat and uh let's talk details whenever you shoot me a message
2: Uh, Shaheen, it has been wonderful to welcome you to Cultaholic Island. Uh, Let's let's keep the conversation going. I, I mean, I'm so excited that now we speak on the regular and I can watch the great work that you're going to be doing over in Dubai in the months and years to come. It's going to be great. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me.